This morning, our New Testament scripture today comes from uh, the book of Colossians, chapter 3, uh, verses 12 through 14. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you have a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As I was preparing for this uh, time of preaching, I knew it would be uh, the last time that I would preach before we go uh, to our vote that we're having on uh, September uh, not September, February <laughs> 26. And I knew that, uh, so our church is in the middle of trying to decide uh, whether we want to continue with uh, being a part of our denomination or not. So if you're new, uh, that's where we are. And, and so I wanted to address uh, some things with that in mind, in light of that. And uh, don't worry, uh, I'm not, this morning, I'm not here to try to convince you to vote one way or the other. That's not what I'm doing. Many of you already know uh, my stance on things because I've sat down and talked with you and have heard what you have to say. Um, but with that in mind, I wanted to bring uh, these words to us and uh, address pastorally how we are a congregation are to live in the midst of this, and, and not which way we should vote, but in what manner and how should we go about uh, moving forward. So with that, would you pray with me? Kind Father, come and be with us today. Give us your Holy Spirit. Make us attentive to your voice. And give us strength to follow you wherever you're calling us to go. We give this time to you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as a high schooler, oh, that's not showing up. I have a picture up there. It's supposed to be a bingo hall. As a high schooler, I was in uh, the marching band. Oh, I'll leave it on the last one. And part of what it means to be in the marching band... Uh, was that I had to participate in fundraisers, right, for the marching band. So for four years of my life, one of the fundraisers that we did was we went and we worked the bingo hall in town. And so uh, about once a month on a Friday evening, uh, my family would pack up in our car and we would drive across town to uh, the bingo hall. And uh, going to the bingo hall, um, there was always something about uh, the bingo hall that was uh, part of the atmosphere is was different than the world around it. And, and part of that was because when you walked in the bingo hall, it was a place where lots of people smoked. And so they would sit there and they would play bingo and they would smoke. And, and so when you walked in the building, if there was people there playing bingo, it would be filled with smoke. And so uh, what the students did, what we did when we, uh, to raise money is they would go and they would be playing their bingo and we would walk around their tables and around the halls and we, we would sell thing called pool tabs and they thought they could win money that way so we would sell that and then we would go back and, and count the money that we had made and put it and then get out again and, and we did this for four hours so every once in a while 
through the times of going in the aisles and having smoke all around us, we would take breaks and we would go outside and get a, you know, a, a breath of fresh air. And then we would go back in <laughs> to the bingo hall to work um, in fundraise. And so I, I remember as the night would wrap up, our family, we would pack up in our car and we would drive home. And they, whether it was three or four of us, uh, on the drive home, we could still smell the smoke that had seeped into our clothes, right? Because it, it got into us all the way. And we would go home and uh, what we would do when we went home is that we would strip off our clothes Uh, because the clothes were so smelly that we would strip them off, and we only had one shower at the time, so we would take times, uh, take turns showering. And if we got to shower first, you know, I remember it feeling so good to shower and to clean off and to feel fresh and to put new clothes on, normally our pajamas because it was bedtime. But uh, once we had showered, it was interesting because if we were clean, we could still walk by the room that had the pile of smoky clothes, and we could still smell it uh, from far away, and we could still smell it on the other people who hadn't showered yet, right? And so after showering, we would run the laundry and clean our clothes. And I think back to this memory of, of stripping off our dirty clothes washing and putting on new clothes when I come to our passage today. The Apostles Paul is writing to the Colossians and he says, rid yourself of anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language. He says, for you have taken off the old self. You have taken off the old self with its practices and you have put on a new self. And so he says, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And then in the midst of what we're going through as a church, I just want to notice and admit that there are things in our culture around us that might be part of the atmosphere around us that seep into us, whether they seep into our actions or worse, into our character. In the world around us, it's a world of harshness, being harsh with one another. It's a world of bombastic language. It seems like uh, the people who say the meanest things are the ones that we vote for sometimes. It's a world filled with fear, anger, bitterness, slander, contempt, and malice. If we watch the news too much, These things are just everywhere. We see it. We see it from Fox and CNN designed to make you feel angry at the other side. And we see it on social media. If we get caught up in the algorithms, we think, of course, everyone thinks the way I think, and they're crazy or stupid if they don't think the way I think. And so today, I think our scriptures are calling us to live differently, to strip off those things and to put on Christ. And so Paul is calling to Colossians to live as a community of Christ, to be the body of Christ, and to reflect a new and different kind of life in the world, and to live with resurrection power 
And so I just want to walk through these five virtues that Paul calls us to today and reflect a little bit on what they mean for us, especially now in the midst of our disagreements and in the midst of what our church is going through. And so Paul says, clothe yourself with compassion. And uh, the theologian N.T. Wright says that compassion is a deep sensitivity to the needs and the sorrows of others, which affects one's inward being. Uh, our English uh, versions of the text says, clothe yourself with compassion. A, a different translation from the Greek, uh, you could read it, put on a heart of love and compassion. To put on a heart. And when scriptures talk about our heart, they're talking about the thing that is most core about who we are. We, as members of the body of Christ, are called to be compassionate and loving. And when we're in interactions with people that even have different opinions than us, we're still called to love. And I think one of the things that keeps us from compassion is the fact that so often we're really bad at, I think, it's not working. I might just point to you if I need a change if it's not working. We're really bad at listening sometimes. Because as Christians, we're, we're kind of taught, uh, stand up for what you believe, which is good, and I'm not telling us not to do that today, not at all. But we get really good at, at saying things and somewhat preaching. And we forget to listen to people. We forget that the people right in front of us have stories and experiences that have brought them to where they are. And so my question is, how are we doing at listening? First, I think we need to quit listening to our screens too often, I see people, I come in, I talk with them, and I know they've been listening to the news too much. I know they've been listening to Fox or CNN, and they haven't really interacted with a person, a human being, who they might be slandering or saying something mean against, or, or, or just suggesting that this person is crazy. We need to stop being on social media so much, and we need to start listening to people. Again, this doesn't mean we have to change what we believe, but if we learn to listen, to hear the needs, the desires, and the sorrows of people around us, it will enable us to be compassionate to others. And I also think we need to start to listen to God and listen to the scriptures because that's important and I really believe when I see someone that's not really good at listening to another person I have really hard time thinking that they're listening to God either because most of the time the way we treat other people is the same way that we treat God and so if we're not listening to people if we're not listening to God we have no shot at compassion Paul continues, and he tells us to clothe ourselves with kindness. 
Now, kindness, I think, is one of the underestimated, undervalued, uh, underappreciated virtues in the Christian life. Uh, We know that it's there, but I think oftentimes we think of it as kind of, oh, that's kind of cute kindness. It's kind of like a childlike virtue in some ways, despite the fact that over and over again, the New Testament, the Old Testament, uh, the authors call us to kindness. One of the reasons I I had us read uh, from the book of Ruth to talk about Ruth is that uh, because Ruth is characterized by kindness. Ruth is a Moabite. She's not one of the people of God. But she decides to be kind to Naomi, to be faithful and caring. And she later gets included in the family of God, not because she's an Israelite, but because she is kind. It's later in the story, it's Boaz who notices Ruth, and when he notices Ruth, he says, Ruth, I've heard of your kindness towards your mother-in-law. And so Ruth gets included in the family of God, and later included in the genealogy of Jesus our Savior, simply because of her kindness. And one of the reasons this is, is because uh, the word in Hebrew that we use to describe Ruth as kind is the word chesed. And this is the word that in the Old Testament is the chief characteristic of the God of the Old Testament. Loving kindness. In the Psalms, you'll read it and different translations say, Lord, your loving kindness endures forever. Or sometimes it says, your mercy endures forever. That's the word chesed here. In the New Testament, in Greek, we hear the word agape, and we think of God's characteristic. But in the Old Testament, it's this. His love, his covenant faithfulness, his mercy, his grace, his kindness, and his loyalty to his people. And I'm bouncing around some of Paul's letter today, but this comes from Romans chapter 2. He says, don't you realize that it's God's kindness that's intended to lead you to repentance. Not his condemnation, not his wrath. It's God's kindness that leads us to repentance, right? So how does this look for us today in the midst of our disagreements and our conversation about our denomination? Well, I think we need to stop assuming things about people. I think if we stop assuming things about the other side and people that we haven't had conversations about, I think that'll lead us to kindness. Because it's easy if, if we're a little bit more on the conservative side, it would be easy to look at the a little bit more progressive folks and say, well, you know, they just want to get rid of the Bible. And while that's true of some, it's not true of all. We need to not kid ourselves about that. And it's easy for a little more on the progressive side to look over at the conservative side and to say, well, they're just all bigots. And while that's true of some, in general, that's not true of folks who are conservatives. And we need to not kid ourselves about that either. And on top of that, It's very easy, especially if we haven't had many friendships or interactions, to assume things about folks who identify in the LGBTQ community. And I think above anything, 
We need to live with kindness towards others. Paul, our scriptures, and our Lord calls us to kindness. Humility is our next virtue that we're called to. A couple days ago, I was reading about a Christian named Evagrius. He lived in the 4th century uh, BC, and he was the Christian who first wrote about the seven deadly sins. So he wrote about the sin of pride, and one of the things he said about pride, he says, pride is when a a certain person uh, thinks that other people who don't have the same opinion as that person, that thinks that those people are just stupid. That's what he says pride is. Thinking that people who have different opinions than us are stupid. And I think we need to come to our understandings of the world with humility. Again, I'm not saying we don't hold our beliefs strongly. We have to have, uh, Steve Sleeper said this after the sermon yesterday. He says, we have strong hearts, strong centers, and kind edges, right? Hold ourselves with humility. And so we have all these fruit of the Spirit, right? The love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And uh, in our conversation today, I think it's important to note that there's one thing that's left off the fruit of the Spirit. So, so, So the fruit of the Spirit, what they mean are that if I am filling myself with the Spirit of God, these things will be evident in my life. I'm going to be a kind person. I'm going to be loving. I'm going to be at peace. And there's one thing that's not in the fruit of the Spirit that I think a lot of people wish was a fruit of the Spirit. And the thing that I'm thinking about today is (laughs) that being right is not a fruit of the Spirit. Being right is not a fruit of the Spirit. Because I'm a human being. I'm a finite creature with a limited amount of knowledge. I'm not omniscience. I don't know everything. Now again... I think we need to hold to our beliefs firmly. And I stand certain places on certain issues, absolutely. But I also think it's important to have humility in our conversations. Because if I die and I'm resurrected and Jesus comes up to me and says, John, you were wrong wrong about uh, the United Methodist Church or wherever direction the church is going, or John, you were wrong about human sexuality, I'll say, Good to go, Jesus. I'm sorry. I was wrong. And I think if we can have humility in our conversations with one another, we would not demonize the other side. We would not say, well, they're just stupid. We still hold to our beliefs, but we can do that with humility. And the last two I'll move through a a little bit quicker. Gentleness. Paul calls us to gentleness. And gentleness is kind of like humility in our approach to other people going into interactions or relationships with folks. Are we going into them with gentleness, right? Now, the Greek word for gentleness I thought was kind of interesting and kind of funny uh, because the Greek word, the way you say it is proutata. And so I thought of the way I can remember that is proutata. It kind of sounds like a proud potato. So proutata is a word for gentleness. Uh, You can remember that uh, in Greek. But we are called to put on gentleness in the way we approach other people. And then Paul continues and says patience. 
And so patience is kind of linked with gentleness. It's, it's kind of like humility in one's response to people. Now, there are lots of people that maybe you know that kind of get on your last nerves or you know they're going to aggravate you. And I think what Paul is calling us to is to not allow our hearts to become bitter by these people. And when I have issues with patience, I try to remember the patience that God has with me and his kindness that he has towards me. Because without that, I would not be included in the family of God. And so God would be, has been patient with me so I can give a little bit of patience to others. So as we move on, I want to end us with kind of a question of, okay, so how do we live this out? How, how does this actually get into our lives? How does this get into our actions and more than that, into our character? Because some might say, well, just, just try to choose to live better lives. And, and willpower is good, but willpower only goes a certain amount and we run out of it, right? We can try to be kind and loving and generous to others no matter what they believe. But it's, it's not going to work all the time. Because there's something much worse than the actions that I do. There's something wrong inside of who I am. And so my sermon this morning is, is not a self-help sermon. It's a, not a like, just go out there and be better people. It's a we all need Jesus sermon. And that we all need the blood of Jesus, the grace and the love of our Lord. And we need the Holy Spirit to do something more than just forgive us. We need the Holy Spirit to change us and to make us the people that he's called us to be. And we need the love of God more than ever before. Later, Paul says, put on the love of Christ. But he also says at the beginning, he gives us a kind of hint. He calls the Colossians holy and dearly loved. He reminds them that they are loved by God. And so my sermon today is not about just changing our actions, but it's about embracing the love that God has for us in our lives and to choosing to allow God to love us and to experience that love at a deep level. Because the love of God is not a love that says, well, I love you where you are. Well, go on, keep being yourself. No, the love of God is the love of God that embraces us. And that says, just because I am embracing you, you're already changing in your heart. It's a transformational love that makes us more like the one who loves us. And so it's about being bathed in the love of Jesus today. Paul, in a different uh, letter says this, I pray that you may have the power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how high, how wide, how long, how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And so today, it's important to note that we will never be able to understand or to grasp how much God loves other people 
if we don't understand and grasp how much God loves us. So I'll say it again in different language. We'll never be able to understand and grasp how much God loves people who are a little more on the progressive side. We'll never be able to understand and grasp how much God loves people who are a little more on the conservative side. And we'll never be able to grasp how much God loves people who identify in the LGBTQ community until we fully understand how much God loves us. So God is calling us today. He's calling us to strip off our clothes of anger, rage, malice, bitterness, and slander. And he's calling us to bathe ourselves in the grace and the love of Jesus Christ. So let's strip off those things and let's clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Would you pray with me?